Good morning. Good morning. Y'all can be seated. If you're online and you are standing clapping, you can be seated too. It is seriously so good to be here. And the worship was, it wrecked me. And I don't know if I can get through this. Uh, your way is better. His way is better. All the time, his way is better. I haven't even started yet. We're in the series, Courage Over Fear, and I want to talk to you today about Joshua chapter 6. This is the Battle of Jericho. You guys may be familiar with it, maybe not, um, but I believe God has a specific word this morning for people, and I think it's just going to be incredible. Now, the scripture that we have is Joshua 6, 1 through 15. It is kind of long, so I need you to hang in there with me, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, but just hang in there. All right. Here we go. So it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when, they, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the Lord, Ark of the Lord. That is a mouthful right there. Woo! Before the ark of the Lord, and he said to the people, um, proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed go advance uh, before the Lord for the ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And now Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice. Nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I say to you, shout. Then you shall shout. I can imagine me taking my kids along with me. Like, okay, girls, no talking for six days. All right, here we go. Let's go. Like five seconds later, Caitlin, when are we going to be there? Dad, when are we going to be there? Oh, my gosh. So we had the Ark of the Lord circle the city going around at once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And, this, and the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did this for six days. They did this for six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day, they thought it was going to be different. It's a little bit different, that they rose early about the dawning of the day, and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Same thing seven times. And on that day, they marched around the city seven times. The title of my message today is, Even When It Does Not Make Sense. Father, I thank you right now. What I love about you, Jesus, is, is that you know every single need in this room and those that are watching online and those that are going to be watching online in the future. 
And God, you know what we need. You know the word that we need. So I just ask that you would help me articulate that. God, give me your heart. Help me to speak it out, God, and that it just plants as a seed in all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I told you guys it was going to be a long one, right? So I, Amber is the, the planner in our family. Anyone have like a planner that's in their family? You got, is that you? You're the planner? No, you're not the planner. Okay. So Amber is the planner, and she actually is a brilliant strategist. Like, she is really, really good at planning, strategizing, looking at all the routes to go somewhere or how to do something, and she'll find the best way or the best deal when it comes to toilet paper, okay? <laughs> so she'll, I go in the store, and okay, I see this. This is a six-pack right here, and it's $7.99, $10.99, whatever. Let's get it. Let's go. Amber goes in the same aisle and it's been 20 minutes looking at, okay, this is a two-ply, it's a triple roll, and it's got four rolls, and it's going to be $8, but this is a 12-pack, and it's a single roll, and it's a one-ply, but it's got 600 sheets per roll, and, you know, no, it's, it, it doesn't work. You love that? Okay, that's awesome. But here's the deal. I've learned to come appreciate that because in the last year, we've had a little shortage on toilet paper. So now, like... This, I'm down with that. Go ahead and take 20 minutes to decide on toilet paper. But this, this planning of hers has trickled down to the kids. And now they want to know the plan for the day. Every day. Dad, what's the plan? I don't know. Go ask your mom. What's the plan? What's the plan? Or if we have a vacation plan, oh gosh. If we have a vacation plan, they want to know every single detail of every single day. What are we going to do on day one? What are we going to do on day two? It's crazy, and it's, it's, okay, when we don't know the plan, here's the deal. It drives them crazy. It drives them crazy. Okay, does anybody relate to that? If you don't know what's going on, it drives you crazy. Man, when things don't make sense, it drives us crazy. And I think it's because, you know, when we don't understand something, we have to rely on something or someone else, right? We can't just rely on our own insight. We have to rely on something else, and that just drives us crazy. Our brains are actually designed and wired to conserve energy and that's that's why habits exist right habits are just automatic behaviors that we do and it can be good for us or it can't be good for us it can work against us but there's times when we can't turn something into a habit and we're just kind of thinking about something that just doesn't make sense i can't get it right and when we get to that point and we're in that state it becomes like an internal conflict because it just doesn't make sense and I think the real reason that we want things to make sense is because we want control. We want to know why it's happening, who it's happening with, when it's happening, what's happening. Why is this happening, God? Why is this happening? And if it doesn't make sense, it drives us crazy. But God is teaching me lately that when I am in a place of things not making sense, of me not having control, it is the best place that I can be because it, it helps me deepen my faith in him, experiencing more of who he is every single time. So today I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about when things don't make sense, how do you, how do you obey what God is asking you to do? And I've noticed a pattern of God asking people to do crazy things in the Bible, right? It's just, it's just crazy. Like he told Noah, hey, uh, I want you to build a boat because... The flood's coming. It's going to wipe everybody out. But if you obey me and, like, you build this boat with the specifics and all that stuff, it's going to work out for you. But it sounded crazy to everyone else, right? 
this is, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't even make sense. What is water? Why are you going to, no, don't build a boat. It's like this, all right? I'm going to bring it to, to Austin, Texas for a second. It's in the middle of August, okay? Y'all know what that feels like. It's in the middle of August. It's 107 degrees. It's in the shade, and it's 5 a.m., and then it only gets better, right? And I come to you, and I say, hey, there's going to be an ice storm coming in about 10 minutes, all right? And I need you to bundle up with 10 layers of clothes. I need you to start a fire. Okay, let me be more specific. If you have a, a fireplace, start a fire in your house, and then I want you to turn up the AC, turn it off, really, and then turn up the heater to 80 degrees. You'd look at me like I was crazy. That doesn't make any sense. That's exactly what it was with Noah, right? But when he obeyed, God saved him and his family. There was a victory, right? With Joshua, hey, buddy, I want you to uh, march around the walls. And I can just, if I were Joshua, dude, we've come all this way, and your battle strategy is for me to walk around the walls. You are the God of the angel armies, and you want me to walk around the walls. He said, no, I want you to march. Okay. Trust me. March. Trust me. I like to think of, like with Google Maps, I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but whenever I go somewhere and I know where I'm going, sometimes I'll still use Google Maps because I want to know, like, how long is it going to take me to get there? Yeah. Right? right? I want to be on time. So, it. yeah, exactly. What? You want to beat it? Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> so, there's, you know, there's these times where I'm, I know where I'm going. I know the route that I'm going to take. And I'm, I'm going. It says ETA, 15 minutes. All right, let's go. It's, I'm going to be on time. But then it takes me on a turn that I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with this road. Why are you taking me this way? Google, don't do that. Come on. Like, I know better than you. I know where to go, right? Google, come on. But what I don't know is that there is a wreck on the route that I usually take. And it's going to zoom out for me. It's going to see, okay, there's about 50,000 routes that you can take. And I think you should take this route. And that's what God does for us, right? That's what he does whenever he is looking at our situation. He zooms out and he can see the whole picture. He can see the whole picture for us, and he picks the best one, and this is the cool part. He picks the best one based on where we are at. It's so awesome how God works. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is one of my favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I think we're going to continue to miss God if we are looking for him in the way that we think he should come. Because sometimes he comes in ways that we don't understand. And I think if we only obey what we understand, we're going to tie up God's hand in our life. So the, the path to your victory often requires less leaning on your own insight and more leaning on God. I hope I've convinced you of that. But the question now is, how? How do you obey God when things don't make sense? And that's what I want to talk to you about. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. 
even when it doesn't make sense, remember this, this is point number one, we walk from victory, not to victory. This is Joshua 6.1. Let's go back a little bit. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Like God begins with the end in mind. He's like, dude, it's already done. The victory is yours. Now, here's the plan to carry this out. And he encourages Joshua that way. He begins with the end that he has the victory. And even when God is asking you to do something that doesn't make sense, you can rely on something that does make sense, and that is he holds the victory every time. Every time. You can trust him. When has God ever failed? When has he failed? I was playing uh, Toy Story Uno. You all played Uno, right? Uno. But this is a Toy Story Uno this time, right? And it's got this, this little twist on a wild card. It was me, Brooklyn, my oldest, and then one of my twins, Caitlin. And we're sitting there playing, the three of us, and, and Brooklyn gets his wild card. With this wild card, you lay it down. It's like any other wild card. You pick a color, draw four, whatever. But this time, you actually had to surrender. The other people had to surrender their cards, right? Give them to the person that laid down the card. They would shuffle them up and hand them back out. Not cool. Not cool. You could be at, like, one card. You've called Uno. And bam, you're just out of the game. It ain't going to work. And so we're playing, and... And Brooklyn gets this card, and she puts it down, and we're like, okay, Caitlin, we have to, we have to give her our hand. And so Caitlin, she looks at me and puts her hand on the table. <laughs> okay, I, I had to explain to her the cards, the heart. Okay, yeah, there we go. So she put her little hand on the table. It was a cute little moment. But it got me thinking, sometimes God's going to ask us to surrender something. We may be at Uno. We may be at one card left. But you can trust that in those moments and be confident, confident that your surrender is the best move because God operates from victory. And because he lives in you, you do too. Proverbs 19.21, another one of my favorite verses. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the, des the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. I'm going to read that again. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. Today I woke up, and I, the Bible app showed me this verse. This is the verse of the day, Proverbs 19.21. And I'm good. Thank you. Um, and it just touched me because I didn't plan on being up here and speaking. That wasn't part of the plan. I had other plans, but this verse proves to me that God's purpose prevails as long as you're willing to say yes, as long as you're willing to say yes continually and continually. And so I just I love that verse because it's so true, and I've seen it in my life. If you just say yes, his purpose will prevail. Even when it doesn't make sense, this is point number two. Remember, your history will get you through the mystery. I got to have that rhyme. Got to have that rhyme. Your history will get you through the mystery. So I have a buddy. His name is Frank. He's in this room. You may know him. He's a good friend. And me and him, we have history, right? Especially when it comes to food. <laughs> we both love food. Amen. 
And when he tells me to try something, like there's never been a time where I'm like, dude, that is terrible. Don't, don't, okay, you can't recommend anything anymore. There's never been a time like that. It's always been super good. But there's this one time that he's like, okay, do you like Sour Patch? I'm like, yeah, I like Sour Patch. And so he's like, I think you should try this. I want you to try getting some grapes, cutting them in half, facing the, the inside up, get a lime, and squeeze the lime juice on the grapes. And I'm telling you, it's going to taste like Sour Patch Kids, the candy. It's going to taste like that. I said, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't think that's right. Like, like, you mean to tell me that healthy food can taste good? Like, that's what you're telling me? No. Okay. I, we have a history. You've told me. And it's been right before. So I'm going to try it. So I cut those bad boys, those grapes. I did use the purple grapes. I have to use the green, green grapes next time. But the purple grapes, and, and then I put the lime juice. And y'all, it tastes like Sour Patch. It for sure does. If you don't take anything away, this is it. Go home, get some grapes, limes. I'm telling you, all you guys are going to try it. You want to try it. You're curious. You're distracted. Oh, man. Joshua had a history with God. We say this a lot, me and so-and-so. We have, we have history. And when you have history with somebody, you've got ups and downs that you've been through. And, and the history reveals who is with you and who is not. And Joshua knew that God was for him. He knew. So it was just easy breezy for him to obey what God had told him to do because of the history. Back in chapter 3, Pastor Trey talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is the second body of water that the Israelites had crossed. This is the Jordan River. The last one was the Red Sea, right? So they crossed the river on dry ground. The walls of the, the river were parted. And they crossed. And they had put in chapter 4, 12 stones by the river so that they could remember what God had did for them, had done for them. And I think part of the process in developing a history with God is documenting what he's done, writing it down, because it's so easy to forget. It is so easy to forget if you don't write things down and go back to them continually to remember what God has done for you. There was a, okay, who is a homeowner in here? Anybody a homeowner? I love being a homeowner, and I also hate it because there's maintaining. They didn't tell me 10 years ago that I had to maintain and fix stuff and try to fix stuff and then call somebody who actually can fix the stuff. <laughs> Y'all, I weed-eated, oh my gosh, I weed-eated one of the wires, one of the cables to my AC, and then I tried to fix it, and I broke it more, so I had to call somebody who, uh, gosh, I just don't, I'm not good with that kind of stuff. But I did learn with lawnmowers, like you got to put that stuff, the winterizing stuff for the winter season inside the fuel. You know what I'm talking about? And it sustains it through the season. So that way the, the, the fuel and the, the gasoline doesn't like clog up and just mess up the lawnmower. I've learned the hard way. I've learned the hard way every time, except last year. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to get that $2 bottle. I don't even know what it's called. I call it the winterizing stuff. 
<laughs> and I'm going to put it in. And it's going to work, all right? The next season, I'm going to pull it once. The cord for the lawnmower. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I'm going to pull it, and it's going to work. And so I put the stuff in, and I was like, man, I feel good. Dun, 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 dun. It's going to work. Next season, this is this year, right? And I'm like, okay, here we go. Pull out the lawnmower, and I start pulling, and nothing's happening. No, yes, that's how I was. I was like, just pulling and pulling and pulling. Man, it wasn't working. I was like, what the heck? I was responsible. I did it. And it didn't come through. It started eventually. And I was like, okay, this year, I, maybe I didn't get the stuff right. Maybe I got the wrong stuff because it is possible that I got the wrong stuff and put it in the lawnmower. And then I looked at the bottle closely this time for this year. And it said, when you put it in the lawnmower, you have to let it run so that it gets through the system. I didn't see that last time. I just put it in the gas tank and thought, there we go. It's done. No, I had to let the lawnmower run so that it gets in the system. This is what happens when we continually think on things that God has done. When we write them down and go back to them, it gets in our system, in our hearts, in our minds, and it sustains us through the season. We need to write this stuff down. And just a quick side note for parents. If you don't take anything else away, I want you to, to hear this. Always share, always share with your kids the moments that God came through for you. Even if they're six months old, you share it. Because it builds your faith. It reminds you of God's faithfulness. But it begins their history with God. It begins to etch the goodness of God on their heart and on their mind. When you share those stories little or big, whatever, just keep talking about God and his goodness. This is something God is working on me a lot lately. Amber's great at it. When things don't make sense, remember, this is the last point. We walk by faith, not by sight. You may have heard this before. We walk by faith, not by sight. Man, I mentioned this earlier, but like, the Battle of Jericho is a complete passive approach. It's, it's so passive, and, and God is so cool that way. He just, you know, he does it. But has anyone seen Endgame? Endgame? We got a few people. Okay, well, if you haven't, this is not going to make sense. <laughs> but you can picture in your mind any dude movie with the epic battle scene at the end. Just, you know, go with me here for a second. So it's Captain America. Oh, Captain America, he's so cool. Um, and Iron Man and Thor are down. They're down. It's just him, and he's standing there. He can barely get up. And he's facing Thanos, the bad guy, and his army of a million people. They're not people, things, creatures, whatever. And he's, and he's standing there. And I could just imagine, you know, because he's, he's got, you know, he's beat up, and he's got, there's one little scene where he's like, tightens his shield you know, you don't know what I'm talking about? He's like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I can imagine his thought of just 
march around Thanos. Yes. March. So I'm going to march around Thanos. Oh, you're going down. You're going down. March around Thanos. That'll show him. It's crazy. Doesn't make any sense. But it would have been epic if that would have happened. <laughs> Marvel would have just crashed. No Marvel anymore. We walk by faith, though, not by sight. I love what it says about faith. It actually describes what faith is in Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is the amplified version. It says, now faith is the assurance or the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. This is the part that I love. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. In other words, it's not what I see in front of me that's the truth. It's what I see by faith. That's the truth. And it's not denying what's there, right? It's not about denying it, but it's a matter of focus. Where is my focus? Faith is a focus. My eyes they may see a cancer diagnosis, but my faith sees a body healed 100%. My eyes see not having enough money to pay the rent, but my faith sees that my God is my provider and he came through last month, so he's going to come through this month. My eyes see a broken relationship, but my faith sees a family reunited and restored in Jesus' name. We walk by faith. We live and are directed by faith. Not by sight. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For seven days, the Israelites marched, not experiencing anything, and it was super quiet. Right? They're just marching, waiting. And there may be seasons where, you know, you're not sensing that God is moving, and you're the one that's marching. You're walking around the walls and you're, you're doing what God told you to do, but you're not seeing God move. But we walk by faith, not by sight. Keep going. I love your word, Pastor Kerry. Keep going. It lines up so well with what's going on and what God wants to do today. Keep going. Keep going. So I was, uh, we had a Legacy Sunday last month where we celebrated 11 years as a church. Yeah, okay. 11 years as a church. I didn't set that up. I apologize. 11 years. And we gave sacrificially a one-time gift for the year. And leading up to it, Amber and I were thinking about, praying about, what do we want to give? What does God want us to give? And we had a number uh, in mind and about a week before Legacy Sunday, our AC broke. And if you're a homeowner, you know ACs cost a lot of money to fix. And it just happened to be that the amount to fix it was the amount that we were going to give. And we've got this trip planned to Disney World next week. And uh, we've been 
preparing, planning, saving for months, months and months. And I've really tried hard. We've tried hard to save for this trip. But it was going to cost us. We we're going to have to give out of our Disney savings because of this AC thing. And Amber reminded me, it doesn't matter. God told us to give this, so we're going to give it. And so on Legacy Sunday, we gave. It was truly sacrificial. And then a few days later, a few days later, we were gifted three times the amount that we gave. doesn't make sense. You can trust God because the maker of miracles is making a way for you. He is making a way for you. Man, God is so good. He's so good. I don't know if, if anybody in this room has been walking around the walls. Maybe your feet are tired. Your, your heart is heavy. You're just discouraged. You're like, I've been doing it, God. I've been going and going and going. And I'm not seeing anything. I want to pray for you today. I want to encourage you today. If you feel like that's you, if you've been walking around the walls and you're ready for the maker of miracles to start making a way for you, I want you to just lift up your hand so I know that who I'm praying for. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're online, you can just let me know what that's me. You can type that, that's me. If you don't mind, if you raise your hand, can you stand? I just want you to stand in faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I know that you're tired. I know. But God is, right now, he is tapping you on the shoulder and he's saying, listen, I've not forgotten you. My thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand. I'm thinking about you. I know what I'm going to do. And I believe today is a day where God is going to make a way for you. So Father, right now, Everybody that is standing, everybody that is online that said, that's me, God. We know that you are the maker of miracles, God. And today, today, suddenly, you are going to break through. You're going to move the mountain. You're going to make a way, whatever the situation is, God. We thank you right now. You are coming through. You are coming through. You are coming through. And if it's not today, God, give us the grace to keep going, keep going, keep waiting, keep praying, keep believing, keep asking. God, we thank you for it. We thank you, God, that even when it doesn't make sense, we can still trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.